matter what you want to do. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, that's for you. And very quickly. That is next little helper. Oh, here you are. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, little one. Tell me, what would you like for Christmas? Oh, good. I'll have my elves put that on my list. Here. Oh. Where's my next little helper? Oh, ho, ho. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, here we go. Thank you and Merry Christmas. That is next, little helper. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, welcome to Movie Humpers. My name is Bob Sham. I am Angela. And uh, the sounds you hear may be dogs. This month, comfort food. Comfort food. Movies that digest so easily. Go through your body. Come right out. No problems. No constipation. Nothing like that. Okay. Because it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. And we want we want some good old comforting food. Am I right? Mm-hmm. And that's coming in two forms. One, we're waxing nostalgic every Monday. And also, we're talking about some good old family-friendly movies. Yes. In which it just so happens that the lead character is an actor playing someone with mental, intellectual disabilities. Yes. And it works out, right? These are very safe movies, or try to be anyway. And this one may be the safest, maybe even the most deep cut of all. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking a lot about this movie since we watched it. There is something kind of sweet about it, yes. but maybe like a sweet tart where it's like, yeah, it'll do. But afterwards, it's like, I'd probably pick any other candy, let's be honest. But like all the other ones, this is based on a true story. Yes, based on a true story. And we'll get into the details of that true story at the end because knowing about the details of the true story kind of paints this whole thing in a different light for me. Mm, mm-hmm. And we'll discuss why, but we are discussing the the made-for-TV movie, and this will not be the first made-for-TV movie we discuss this month, Bill, in 1981, directed by Anthony Page. Mm-hmm. It stars Mickey Rooney and Dennis Quaid, Largo Woodruff, Anna Horsford. This isn't even close to being Mickey Rooney's most controversial role. No, not at all. But personally, I prefer the porn parody version, Bill's Genitalia. Family friendly. Genitalia, I, that word's in school. I know, but you've talked about porn in every episode, I think, this month, even though it's a family friendly episode. As long as I don't technically use bad words you can't say on the TV or network TV or radio. Fair. Then it's fine. Dennis Quaid is a hunk. Yeah, very young Dennis Quaid in this movie. I've been in love with Dennis Quaid for so long. He's your preferred Quaid. I'm more of a Randy. This movie stars Mickey Rooney. We all know Mickey Rooney. He had been in movies forever. He's not with us anymore. But Mm -hmm. most famously, he was in... It would be a miracle if he was still with us. He's most known probably for a role that really kind of stinks up a movie. Yeah. As he portrays Yellowface uh, in the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. You cannot go on or keep ringing my bell. You just... I also, in thinking about this, looked up Mickey Rooney blackface. Ooh. 
Sure enough, in the film version of Babes in Arms, um, he alongside with Judy Garland. Oh, Susanna, don't you try for me. I come from Alabama with a banjo on my knee. They did quite a few things together, if I remember. They did a blackface bit in that musical, uh, Babes in Arms. And then I looked up, like, was he in Redface? Did he portray... This guy was in over 300 movies. Yeah. So he probably was pretending to be a Mexican. He was probably pretending to be Native American. But I could only find the blackface clip and the most infamous Mr. Inuyashi portrayal in Breakfast at Tiffany's, which led me down this interesting role. I was watching this special where people were talking about yellow face in movies and apparently christopher lee played food manchu in a series of movies but okay but it's uh it was hosted by these asian american film critics and writers Mm -hmm. and one of them made this great point he was like you know the thing about mr inuyashi it's a lot of physical humor in that role and mickey rooney could have just been some cantankerous landlord Bitchy yeah, sure landlord sure without being Japanese for whatever reason. Like Mickey Rooney could have just played himself and it would have had probably is, it would have been considered more funny. And we, we now wouldn't be bringing up the yellow face aspect of it right. when every time we bring up breakfast at Tiffany's. Did you find out it in, in the reading of that? Was that how it was written or was that a choice that he maybe brought to it? Do you have any idea? I'm sure Truman Capote made up the character. Yeah. I don't know. But it's a Truman Capote movie. And I was, that led me into a hole in which I was watching just random clips from Breakfast at Tiffany's. And it's a movie for its time that's trying to be real cool. Yes. Trying to be real charm. And there's some charm to it. Yeah. But it also struck me how gay the movie was. Yeah. Because Truman Capote is gay. And the line delivery and the style of woman that Holly Golightly is... A straight man could not have written that movie. And a gay man did write a yellow-faced character as portrayed by Mickey Rooney. Can you imagine if uh, if it wasn't for that role? I mean, I'm still mad that her character dumps that cat out in the street at the end of the movie. But man, that movie, it's just a big yellow-faced turd in the middle of it. And Mickey Rooney, later in life, he wasn't very apologetic of it. He would actually tour around and play clips of Mr. Yidiyashi. I'm sure he would. Into the 21st century. Talking about like, oh, I know a lot of Asian people and they love the role. And I think he was so latched on to it. One, because it's all him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, to him, it's like people are saying, like, you suck. Anyway, we're not talking about Breakfast at Tiffany's. We're talking about Bill. Now, this movie, so easy to talk about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because it's a made-for-TV movie, and it has that thing, like I mentioned in radio, where there seems to be some bravery in portraying someone like this, but then everything else is completely not brave. It has to be, like, clean and straightforward. Unless it's a not-without-my-child kind of movie. Not-without-my-daughter, yes. The made-for-TV stuff is going to be... This might as well be a Hallmark movie, truly. Absolutely. Bill is, um, I think... Mickey Rooney was like, I don't know if I want to play him drunk or more of a gump, even though this is pre-Forrest Gump. But it yeah. seems like uh, Mickey Rooney's portrayal goes between he's drunk to more of a gump area. There, There is one moment where a man is like, hey, you want to have some beers with me? But he's just trying to get his money. But as far as we know, he's never actually drunk. But he does. He does act drunk. It's weird. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 
Uh, he works in a country club. Yes. He's in like a work program. It's Christmas. Work placement. It's Christmas time when we start the movie. It is. And Dennis Quaid's wife works at the country club as a waitress. She's pregnant. They're going to have a baby. He's, He's a an struggling aspiring filmmaker. filmmaker. And she says at one point that you've got four jobs. Aspiring filmmaker. Aspiring writer. Aspiring artist. Aspire- it's and just none like, of uh, them and none pay of them the make bills. money. Um, he wrote this movie, The Real Man, that yeah. this is based on, um, and its sequel, and he also wrote Rain Man. Yeah, which was a combination of two people in real life. One person with autism who apparently maybe didn't actually have autism. Oh, uh, like, Keen? Yeah, yeah. Like Kim, Kim, Pete, Kim Peel. Oh, yeah. And um, apparently they suspect that he had another type of condition. But Bill is based on a character named Bill Sactor. He is Bill Sactor in this yes, movie. is yes. played by Mickey Rooney. And Bill Sactor, his history is his parents were told that he was going to be a burden to society mm-hmm. in, like, what, the fucking 50s or 60s or whatever. Yeah. And they dumped this poor guy. When he was seven. Seven into this institution where he grew up for 40-plus years. Until finally they had, they he went about a program to where he could incorporate into and get little jobs. And, and that's how um, the character of uh, Barry Morrow, as played by Dennis Quaid, meets him. Mm-hmm. And they become fast friends. And Barry decides, oh, I'm going to make a documentary about the Bill story. Yeah, he's really struck by just his honesty and his demeanor. And he they become friends through the process. It is Kim Peek. I just wanted to, Kim Peek, just yeah. to clarify. And he decides, I'm going to make a film about this guy. And his wife is kind of hesitant. Like, she's like, okay, fine. But also, like, we got a baby coming. But, yeah. Like, maybe you should get a job. But okay, Bill's sweet. She never plays. It would have been very easy for her to be, like, kind of the mean one or, like, the put things down one. But she was just, like, genuinely concerned that when she had to stop working, they wouldn't be able to feed themselves. But, yeah, he becomes friends with Bill. And they're running around town together. He's trying to ask him a lot about the place he was for 44 years. They call it years. Granville in the movie. Yeah, that's not the real name, but yeah, he was truly in real life somewhere for, he was there for 44 in years. Minneapolis, yeah. And, uh, and Bill doesn't want to talk about it, but he'll talk about everything else. There's a real sweet part where he's starting to film him and Bill's sitting on his uh, bed in his room at the country club and he kind of looks really concerned. I meant to wear a wig. Because Bill wears a wig. Ah, oh, it's too late now. Too late. Um, he's, Bill looks really concerned. Uh, huh? What's the matter? Something wrong? I can't work those cameras. No, you don't have to. No, all you, all you have to do is just sit there and tell me about yourself, and I'm just going to sit right over here and ask you some questions, and that's all there is to it, okay? That's all there is. Mickey Rooney's role, it is, it gets more gumpy. He's just like comes off a little slow. Yeah. And, you know, this movie could lead and lead into some harsher emotional beats. Yeah. And I kind of felt like it could have because it was almost a little too pure, a little too clean. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene where Dennis Quaid is watching back footage and he's like profoundly shook about like a story. They killed one guy. He was having a fit. They knocked him down the stairs. They killed him. I went to the guy in charge and I said, Hey, 
this kid is having a fit. And he said to me, Bill, don't you bother me while I'm resting. And he kicked me in the gut. That's the worst we get into. Yeah. And Bill, as a social worker who's connected to this place, it's portrayed that this place is a complete shithole. And yet there are people connected that are, you know, they're not villains. They're good. Well, and they go there at one point, right? And Bill sees one of his old friends after who's Bill's, nonverbal. After Bill says he doesn't want to go there. Yeah, he takes him anyway. It but just, he says, I'm it's not really like, I'm you. not going back there. And then next scene, it's like they're going there. Yeah. Mara's talking to like the administrator now, and it's almost like the guy is doing damage control because he's talking about, yeah, you know, people used to just get thrown in here for whatever reason, but we stopped doing that. We started placing people out in the world, and he's like, well, who's left here? And he's like, Mara says, who's left here? And the administrator says, just the folks who cannot be on their own that need constant care and it's all very much presented as it was just a mistake from people who didn't know what they were doing back in the day we're good now without getting into detail this is quite the mistake and it felt very creepy and gross this is like maybe the state owes someone a lot of money kind of mistake the real place was for people who were considered burdens on society and also people with epilepsy. You can be completely a genius and have epilepsy. Yeah, epilepsy is not an intellectual disability. No, but that was one of the reasons people got put in the actual real hospital at the time. It was in the name of the hospital. You know, when you go back, especially way before the 20th century, it seems like so much, you know, your classic gothic horror Stuff like that. A lot of it is centered around madness and the fear of madness. Yeah. And the fear of madness, you see it go back in history, people being afraid of that. And and they can't just, and the fear of that cannot just be about being mad in and of itself, but what society is going to do to you Mm -hmm. once you get to that point. And let's be honest, it doesn't seem like we've really caught up to where we should be in the way we treat people with these disabilities. Agree. A lot of them, a lot of people end up homeless for one, have to be dealt with with uh, the police for good or bad. And there's just a lot of things that are, you know, that are funneled through the correction legal system that should be dispersed through other things. And yes, that means taking money that you're giving to this police, the blank check you're giving to the police departments and redistributing some of these funds to other civil services and boosting those programs. And there are some cities I was gonna say where they're actually doing this and yeah. it makes a difference. Yeah, but it it's not mandated. So that city has to decide this is how we're gonna handle these type of calls. And no union in this country is probably stronger than a police union. So Bill does get arrested in this movie, and that is when we meet his social worker. And I thought the social worker was very interesting, the way she was portrayed, because you can tell she does care about Bill, but she's also, like, constantly fussing at him. And she does threaten him like a child of, if you don't get your shit together, you're going to have to... If you don't get yourself together, you're going to have to go back you to Granville. You just said the S-hit word. I we were corrected so- myself, and you could have just cut it out without talking about no, it. No, we got to keep it raw but try to be family friendly okay we did not do a good job in et we did a bad job i know i i don't even know i'm saying it sometimes when i say bad words it's true we are some potty mouth people we really are 
But <laughs> Bill is not. No, he's a nice guy. And what does he call himself? He likes to say he's a he's a nice good man. Or there's a he's a he's a good good brain man, a good regular man, good or regular man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what he's trying to be. And the the social worker, she does care, but she does sort of threaten him. He they say that he's at like a five or six year old level. In the movie. I don't know. It's hard because you actually really think about... She's not She's not as awful as she could have been portrayed also. She's just but stern. You think, well, and you think about... She's probably got 20 bills. Exactly, yeah. That she is trying to take care of and manage and, like, make sure they go to work and get, bail them out of prison and, you know, like... Or bail, bail them out of jail. Like, she's, she's probably pulling her hair out because she doesn't want him to have to go back. But she can't get through to him. Mm-hmm. What he needs to do. He's gotten fired a bunch. He's gotten arrested a bunch. He's been out for a couple years. And until he meets Morrow, when he actually has a friend. He starts to straighten up. He starts to straighten up because he doesn't want to lose the good thing he's got going. Well, Bill wants to go, or not Bill, Barry is going to Iowa. Because uh, he got a job there working for the, the media center at that college at the mm-hmm. University of Iowa. Teaching. In the social work. And school, and he has to leave Bill, and he really doesn't want to. At one point, Bill is like, they find Bill, he's missing, and it's because he apparently tried to walk there. He'd been gone for a couple days, and he's on the side of the road. And they found him passed out, and he's got something wrong with his leg that he may have to lose his leg. Yeah, and then that's when Barry, uh, though his wife is skeptical at the time, um, decides to bring Bill to Iowa. And he gets him a gig working menial tasks at the University of Iowa. They got Bill painting. That is not a menial task. Did you notice every <laughs> single scene, he's always painting the same drain pipe? Yeah. He's painting that drain pipe for an entire semester. I think that they just wanted to give him something. To yes. give him something to do. The, oh, there's a great scene. Morrow's boss at the university. There, Tom. Now, we're talking, this movie's full of like, this guy's a real good guy. But the best guy in all of movies might be this character, Tom. Tom. So there is this other professor who comes out and is fussing like, Tom, you've put me in a smaller office. My secretary has a bigger office than me. Yeah, and that's the point. She has a more difficult workload and the pay is less. So uh, it's just normal that she well, would... what are you talking about? Well, look, you teach two classes two days a week. Uh, what is it, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? Yeah. But... Well, so you've got it easy. And she's got a much harder schedule to follow, nine to five every day, and the rewards are less. So she deserves more office space. Tom? Yeah. What are you running here? Some kind of an academic circus? Oh, no. No, just a more equitable distribution of office space based on workload. Give it a try for me, Harv. Thanks. How did, what was the phrase he used? It was like... Equitable distribution. And so this is also a man who hires Bill without clearing it with anybody, which then does kind of come back and people try to fight the fact that he works there and thinks that he maybe shouldn't be there because there's also a daycare on the property and there is this one like crotchety old woman who is worried about what if he does something crazy around the kids there is this, like, potential subplot. Like, I was scared they were going to go some direction where they accused him of doing something, but he's just a nice guy. Bill, he becomes friends with a kid. Bill befriends this little kid who gets spinal meningitis, the mm-hmm. funniest part of the movie. Uh, 
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Her teacher becomes really paranoid of Bill that, I don't know, I guess he's going to do something inappropriate or something. She she also is like, we don't know what his condition exactly is. What if he just goes crazy, kind of? Yeah. I mean... What if he shows these kids his leg ulcer? Oh, my God. But, obviously, Dennis Quaid is full of sweet moments in this movie. He's a good guy, like you were saying. You know, Tom is at the point where he's like, I'm going to try to figure out what to do. But I don't know what to do right now. And then this woman's complaining and she's going to call a meeting. And Dennis Quaid goes in and talks about how he trusts his own baby with Bill. You know, the wife was not on board for him moving at first. And they don't, he doesn't live with them. They find him a house or find him in a, like a room in a house. But he comes over all the time. He plays with the baby. He's good with the kids. He's become like a member of the family. Yeah. He also, when he first meets the baby before they move, it's this very sweet scene where the wife is like, come, come, Bill, meet the baby. And he's nervous. And they immediately are like, hold the baby. We trust you. The social worker says to him, are you really friends with Bill? Would you take him to meet your parents? And he does take him to meet his parents. Yeah. After he has to convince the social worker to write a paper, all she has to do is write a paper to say that Bill can have new teeth. But what? she's so busy. That kind of yeah. goes into the fact that, like, she's got so much on her plate that, like... You know, the the scene with the parent, when they're going to eat with the parents, you keep expecting some shoe to drop where I people know, are going to be... to be said. Yeah. And, and it kind of... It doesn't. No one is... People are at worst are just a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Even the teacher, like, it's still made clear that she's only, that she is, she may be incorrect and maybe a little presumptive about Bill, but she, but it does make clear that she is thinking about the interests of the kids, mm-hmm. even if she's going about it maybe a, an overtly judgmental way. Yes. And, she's but, overreacting. But, like, yeah, Barry's parents are portrayed as complete snobs, but there's that scene where Bill's just getting chicken. Oh, look at that chicken. Isn't that good? <laughs> and he keeps getting chicken, and Barry's like, you're on a diet. Stop getting... Like, he's literally just taking half this serving plate full of chicken. So and the, the mom's kind of laughing, like it's cute. It's kind of a weirdly ridiculous scene. It is. The conflict was a little forced in that. It's one of those moments where you feel like they're really trying to push home to you that he has a childlike mind. Because in other moments, it doesn't seem that intense. You well, know, he doesn't seem that in young. In some scenes, he just looks drunk. But he doesn't get fired from the school. And they actually surprise him with, they make, they teach. Morrow teaches them how to make coffee. Yeah. And they open up Bill's Coffee Shop. Wild Bill's Coffee Wild Shop. Wild Bill's Coffee Shop, which apparently was truly there for decades. He worked I, it until he died. I think it's... I might be wrong. I think it's still there. It probably is. I mean, I he's, mean he's passed away. Bill Sack is gone, but that... Why would you take it down? You know, yeah. it's it's a memorial to him. So Bill managed to create his own life here at the University of Iowa. And at the end, Barry's like, I got to move again. Far away. Far, far away. But this time, Bill is almost like, he's like, it's okay. I can't go with you. I've got a life here. I'm on my own. Yeah. So it just kind of shows how Bill has managed to obtain independence through the help of Barry and the unspoken hero, Tom, who who is probably like the best guy in this movie. He really is. Because he literally uses, this is what you're supposed to do when you have leverage 
in a bureaucratic system. Yes. You you manipulate it to help people who have less. Absolutely. That's when you manipulate a system like that. Not to fill your pockets. No. Not to put other people down, but to lift people up. Yep. That's what Tom did. Tom, hero of the movie Bill from 1981. And reading about Bill Sachter. Yes. And his condition. Yeah, I did some too. Um... You had revealed to me that he had taken an IQ test later in life. Mm -hmm. He was hard to handle, and his mom took him to be evaluated, and they basically said that he was never going to mature, and he would be a burden on society, and so they put him in this home, and he never saw his mother or sister ever again for the rest of his life. He was there for 44 years. Once he got out, decades after they gave him this diagnosis, they gave him, like, he had IQ testing, and he... He tested only slightly below normal. Which means this guy's probably it, it was as smart as like 30% of Congress. Yeah, I mean, true. So true. It's my Quote Roy unquote, Rogers bit there. Oh, okay. Quote, unquote, normal. I don't know what those IQ numbers are. I mean, obviously, people who are normal can still be dumb. You yeah. know, like you might think somebody's not but very smart. But you can still learn still to read some. You like can still learn range. to write some. Absolutely, he was never taught anything. They gave up on him. They didn't teach him how to read. They didn't teach him how to write. They didn't teach him how to use the telephone. Like, he didn't know how to do anything. And then they pushed, they put him out into the world at 50, what would that be, 51? And then how are you supposed to not get in trouble? He was only, he was only, he was developing maybe a little slower than all the other kids. Yeah. But like. And maybe he was acting out. But there's no reason he could have, that he would have fallen through. He should have fallen through. He could have had a completely normal life. I feel like if he grew up now, they probably would have put him on ADHD meds. Or, or you know, they would have said, oh, he's got like ADD or he's got like a learning disability, but he's still going to go to regular school and he might need a tutor or he might be in like resource Certain class. Certain types of Whatever classes. they call yeah. that now. That's what they called it when we were little. But it's just, it's just like an extra helping hand. You don't need to even be in a special school. So when this guy's going out into the world, he's like beyond middle-aged, right? He's around middle-aged. He's and, 50, in his 50s. And when you're older, it's hard, much harder to learn these basic things. And how you, do you make friends? It's hard to make friends in your 30s. How is it going to be in your the, 50s? The, the process of education works for kids and young adults because you're a sponge. Yep. And when you're older, you're kind of more cemented in your ways. You can still learn things but it's it becomes it takes a little bit longer yeah and so this this whole story of bill sactor is almost like a story that just didn't need to even happen there's a documentary about him that i haven't watched i would like to watch the documentary about the real man but was was mickey was he really was the choices mickey rooney made in this even indicative of who he actually was well at the end of this movie they show some video of him yeah. accepting an award uh and he went to the white house at some point and he does not even carry himself in the way that mickey rooney like mickey rooney physically was like doing some stuff yes this was not he did not carry himself like that we didn't hear him speak but he just didn't seem... It seemed like Mickey Rooney turned up the volume on what he thought. We all know nice people that maybe aren't as smart as most people you know. Yeah. And when we see them out in life, having families, going to work, just like yeah. anyone else does. And this this is like a, supposed to be a story of someone who's... And he's not even that slow. But it's a story of someone who was fucked... 
Oh my it's god! It's a story of someone who was screwed over by the system. He was fucked in Bill's genitals, not in Robert, Bill. Robert, don't make it worse. You're getting the porn parody confused with the actual movie. I that happens to me all the time, but you need to get it straight. Pretend I said fudged. Bill. 1981. The story of a man who did not have to go through all this at you all. You know the only thing, in, thinking about this movie over the, the last day, the only thing that I feel was true were the words. I don't I don't know that Mickey Rooney's portrayal of him was accurate at all. It seemed ridiculous. But there were these little turns of phrase that Morrow put in the script that were so interesting to me. Like he has this $2 bill he carries in his wallet that he calls his lucky piece. You know, and they mentioned that a couple times about him saying a good regular man. You know, like there's just these like phrases that I'm sure were real billisms. Yeah. Right. But that's just the script. It's nothing about that. In the porn parody version, you can imagine what the lucky piece is in that one. Bill. (laughs) 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 To the memory of Bill Sactor. Life fucked you. Uh, the state owed you some money, brother. So let's review this movie. This is made for TV mm. deep cut movie starring Mickey Rooney and a young Dennis Quaid, who actually did do a good job in his role for sure. He um, did do a good job. And it, and at the very least, this movie is really sweet. Yeah. Like yeah, there is a little bit of a warmth to it. That's why this month's theme is comfort food. You want to, it goes down easy. Yeah. There's, I'm not going to do it, but I was sort of tempted to watch the second movie just because I want to know more of the story, they had but I'm just going to watch the documentary. The sequel, Bill on His Own. Yeah, this made me want to know more about the actual people, so it's got that going for it. So what would you give uh, Bill, 1981, directed by Anthony Page? I think I'm going to go 1.5. I'm going to go... I've been struggling with that. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a hard one. I'm going to go 2.25. Okay. I think there is a genuine warmth to the movie, but there's just like something. It really doesn't play up the drama in the way that it really could. Yes. And it just kind of seems like this situation in its, of itself. Like when you hear the story of, real, of Bill Sactor, it's like, was he really this slow? Was it really like, did it have to be this man who kind of got thrown away by the system? And now he's lifted up in infamy through these movies, and as a and his personality is a fixture in the history of the University of Iowa. At what cost here? Yeah, it's a tribute to him, but he's being remembered in a way that seems false. Mickey Rooney is a clown. No doubt, I think he would. I think he would agree with that. I do too. For the majority of his career, so while there is a sweetness to it, yeah, it does kind of feel. Like, too much of a clown show. And it doesn't even lean into what the, the, the injustices that they knew at the time. Yeah, if it, if they had... Then you should have. This would have been a higher rank for me. But it doesn't. It very... It skims over. It makes... It makes light of a lot of things that really could have been, like, truly discussed. It, it plays it even safer than radio. And you never yeah. need to play it safer than radio. Just be honest. Don't play it safe. Just tell the true story. I, I think Morrow's intentions were good. Sure. But he made a few bucks off this guy. Sure. He made, And he took that. He combined that story with the Kim uh, 
peak story. I do wonder if... Barry made some money. Well, so Barry, that's the only movie, those are the only three movies that I could find that he ever wrote were Bill, Bill on His Own, and Rain Man. And I, when Rain Man was first, um, when he first began that screenplay, it was just based on Bill. And then he met Kim Peek, and then he sort of reworked the story a couple times, and it became like a combination of the two. And I really wonder if when he started writing that screenplay, was he trying to do something more accurate to Bill? More serious, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I see what but that's you're my saying. hope is that he maybe looked at those movies and went, Oh, that's not exactly how it was. Like I really want to show, like, you know, in Rain Man it's brothers, but you know, like the friendship and the personality, I don't know. It's just like there, I said, there's Mickey more, Rooney's just a clown. There's, there's more not. there's more drama if you lean into the Kim Peak side of things. Yeah. So there you go. Check it out. A short D list. Bill's number two. I guess we think it's better than we do think it's better than Johnny Mnemonic and Don't Worry Darling. Okay. Johnny Mnemonic's funnier. Johnny Mnemonic is definitely funnier. Johnny Mnemonic has some good moments. I might put that at the top of this list. Take that, Don't Worry Darling. We're going to redo some stuff. <laughs> we're going to redo it. All right. That's it. Well, we're going to have some more comfort food this Friday in the intellectually challenged uh, variety. Uh, our nostalgia drops are every Monday. But yes, more family, easily to digest comfort drama of, of, uh, a challenging performances of people playing challenged people. Yes. Angela's favorite subgenre of movie. Listen, it's and, uncomfortable. So check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Um, let us know what you think. Have you seen Bill? You can find it on YouTube. Like, you can find it like four times in blurry 1981 vision. And it's actually not a hard movie to find. Um, if it's your thing and you want to check it out and know what we're talking about, do so. But in the meantime, like and subscribe for more comfort food drops all month long. Life to all lovers. Where have you been, Billy Boy, Billy Boy? Where have you been, darling Billy? I have been down to the farm and I didn't do no harm. Can you make a cherry pie, darling Billy? Oh, look at that chicken. Isn't that good?